KCL or live. With thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state of the art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Good morning. You're very welcome along to KCL or live this Friday morning. As I said, the 21st of July. If I'm sounding a bit giddy this morning, God knows what will happen over the next couple of hours. I've got a couple of weeks off coming up and I've got that Friday feeling to the max. I hope you have a similar sort of vibe going on today. Lots to come over the next couple of hours. In a few moments' time, we'll be going over to the woman who's in the place where all Kilkenny fans, particularly those without tickets, want to be this morning. Edwina Grace reporting live from Nolan Park with some exciting news. We'll be talking to Edwina in just a few moments' time. Around about a quarter past 11, we're joined again by Aidan Owens, Carlow firefighter, um, a part of the coordinating committee for the Industrial Action 15 year service based in Carlow Town um, but he's going to be bringing us the latest information on the strikes by retained firefighters um, not just in Carlow indeed in many places across the country um, around about 20 past not that far away I'm going to be speaking to somebody who I started following on Instagram a few weeks back Katie Hurley she's got connections to Carlow and also another county that we all have our eyes on this weekend but why am I speaking to her well she took the decision a couple of months back to go and buy herself an old Mercedes Sprinter van. She spent a few weeks renovating it and turning it into a camper van. And off she went, all on her own, to mainland Europe, driving around. No previous massive experience in terms of trekking around Europe, but she's in Europe at the moment. Um, we'll be finding out why she made that trip, what the weather temperatures are like over there, and uh, will she be ever be coming back? That and lots more besides. You can text or WhatsApp the show on 083 306 9696. You can free phone us on 1800 9696. Siobhan will be taking your calls, or you can email us KCLR live at KCLR96FM.com. Now, before we go over and speak to Edwina, I just wanted to remind you that all week long we've been looking for your black and amber. Get it into us. Send us the photographs of your house your jerseys your car with the flags on it maybe you've painted your children black and amber or maybe you've painted your husband or your wife who knows but anything that's black and amber we want to see it get it into us 083 306 I was going to say you don't get a chance to paint everything black and amber that often but Kilkenny fans get to do it fairly often hopefully it'll be a, a successful um, event this weekend and the black and amber can stay up for a little bit longer we've also got our positive pets but I'll tell you more about that in a moment because I'm sure the queues are building up at Nolan Park and we better check in with Edwina to find out how things are going good morning Edwina tickets are on sale that's right, Brian. As had been anticipated, a uh, limited number of tickets will go on general sale here at UPMC Nolan Park from half past ten. There's uh, a little crowd has already gathered. I've counted more than 20 vehicles and they've been coming in a, a steady trickle, I suppose, in the last few minutes here. Uh, parked up in the angle, looking out at the Ted Carroll stand, um, or the back of it at least, here at Nolan. So, yeah, quite a, quite a bit of excitement. Um this is where uh, my understanding is a number of Nally Terrace tickets. And I know the County Board Secretary, Seamus Reid, have been lauding um, the Nally stand uh, when I spoke to him at the public training session. And he was saying it's actually a nice little area for families and, and for others, but but very often overlooked by some of the fans. Because, of course, everybody wants to be Mid Hogan or Cusack yeah. on the day. But um, my understanding is a number of Nally Terrace tickets and possibly a small selection of stand tickets as well. Now, I would imagine that where the stand tickets are available, they may be limited to two per person, or at least there'll be a cap in some shape or form um, on them. 
and uh, on any tickets unsold by about 12 o'clock today will be returned to Croke Park. So this is more than likely the last chance for a lot of people to um, easily enough get a ticket, I suppose, in and around Kilkenny. The sales, by the way, are only from the office here at Nolan. So uh, you need to be here and uh, it is very much on a first come, first serve basis. So no point in checking out the county board's websites or Facebook pages. Yeah, ha- no. well, listen. If you if you're that big of a fan that you want to go, um, I suppose as long as you're close enough, there's probably people listening in from other parts of the country who are big Kilkenny fans. But if you're not able to get there today, get on the blower to somebody um, and get them down there. Half past ten, they're going on sale. Any idea roughly how many tickets might be available? Um, no, no, I'm not going to go into to, to figures or that because um, literally, I suppose that the whole point of this morning Brian would be that the, the real genuine hardcore uh, black and amber fans in the heart of, of Kilkenny um, you know that we want to get as many of them in Croke Park on the day shouting and roaring and very much getting behind the team um, so I, I don't know mm. um, how many they've there I'm, I under, I know it's limited I know it's, it's capped um, uh, and, and I know it's very much a case of on sale from half ten and will be done by 12, if not before. Okay. Um, but yeah, very much on a first-come, first-served basis. But there's still plenty of parking here in, in, in the angle. Um, but yeah, people, it's, it's a steady trickle now. And I'd imagine because this was only being announced at half nine this morning. So um, I'd imagine, um, you know... The word is getting out there. Anyone now who's been around in the next hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, they're they're very much, there's people on their phones and everything else, so. You know, yeah. a good experienced journalist and reporter like you seems to have the ability to read people's minds, which is what you've done with me this morning, because I was about to ask what time will the box <laughs> office close, but you've said, you've said, you said you reckon about 12 o'clock, so it's like literally an hour and a half I, of a I'd, window. I'd, ima- I'd imagine so if they're not gone before that, but mm. like I said, it's very much first come first serve basis and even it's looking around at the cars here they're, they're predominantly Kilkenny Reg <laughs> a couple of Dublin Reg in there there's, there's one uh, one car with a, a Kilkenny flag and a Limerick flag oh. on the other side of it but other than that it looks like it's it's uh, they're ma- mainly people in for the, the black and amber yeah. so uh, I suppose it's a, it's, a, it's a nice opportunity so I'll come in have a chat to some of the others who are here um, about the game of course we had the team announcement there this morning and interesting to see Blanche's in the mix which a lot of people were, were concerned about. Um, and, you know, there'll be a lot of that chatter here this morning as well. And do you reckon if you turned up down there at Nolan Park this morning wearing a Glimmerick jersey, they'd actually sell you a ticket or would they? <laughs> yeah, get out, get out! Of course out, they would. <laughs> <laughs> of course they would. Of course they would. There's no there's no, uh, there's, 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 there's no way of uh, shaving someone out if you're a GA fan, you're a GA fan. But I suppose the crux of this is everybody wants to be at the All-Ireland and not everybody manages to get to the matches during the year so you know it's it's it'd be great to see tickets going to the people who are are the the true blood supporters i suppose yeah. of and the just, game you know and who are all out at every um every every battle on a pitch you know every clash of the ash and supporting the the team and their clubs and and their county of course and um, you're in full regalia this year, morning so. Edwina aren't you you've, you've not just I uh, am. put your KCLR jacket <laughs> on um, she may have it zipped up to the neck this morning I don't know but uh, you, you, if you can get her to open her jacket and give you a little flash she's got black and amber on underneath Actually, it. have you still got your black and amber braided headband on as well I do. I look like a five-year-old. In fact, I look like a three-year-old because this is exactly how I sent Alice to crash this morning. Um, yeah, no, I've, I actually have a camogie jersey on um, this morning. 
Um, but yeah, um, and, and you know, that's what it is. The weekend that's in it, you know, you get to show your colours. But it's lovely here, Brian. Like, there's, the sun is out here at Nolan and there's people and they've brought their kids and another car has just pulled in there with the whole um, load of kids in it as well. And, you know, that's what GA is all about, as, as Mary Morgan, who's the, the County Board PRO, summed it up at the hurling training session when I was talking to her. And she said, it's family. You know, it's like an extended family. You might not know half the people here in the queue today, but, you know, no doubt once you get talking, you'll have people in common, you'll have matches in common or, you know. So, yeah, anyway, they're here and they're they're snaking around now because, and I say snaking around in terms of the queue is starting to, to grow a little yeah. bit. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you want to buy tickets, if you want to be in with a chance of buying tickets, um, then you need to be here pretty soon. I'd say these tickets will go yeah, I'm sure pretty sharpish. Uh, last question for you, Edwina. I mean, you talked about uh, sending your own daughter off to school this morning. Does uh, getting to put that braided ha- headband on bring you back to your own uh, childhood? <laughs> Remembering the days? It, it does, of course. It does, you know, because I, sp- I suppose those of us who've grown up in Kilkenny, and in particular those of us who've grown up in GA families, you know, you always had the black and amber ready. You had the plan in place for a match day. You know, everything ah, else. The chat and, she's reminiscent. You know, yeah. Well, Edwina, we'll Chewy, I'm chat- getting dewy eyed here. Uh, good, good. You should do. Everybody should do around the county this morning. Edwina, we'll be talking to you later on. You're heading up to Dixborough. I am back to back to my own family roots over yeah. to the borough. Um, oh, she'll be crying. The, 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 there. the yeah. mascara will be everywhere <laughs> before she gets there. Edwina Grace, talk to you a little bit later on. Shine on, Kilkenny. We've lots of music. We'll uh, there's there's one song. One song that uh, everybody from Kilkenny will know. It's called The Rosamund Coin. We'll have to play that at some point today. But do stay tuned. We'll have that coming your way a little bit later on this morning. Moving on to matters, though, a little bit more, I was going to say, more serious than Kilkenny in an all-around final. I mean, I'm sure the Kilkenny supporters will think differently to that. But I think in the general scheme of things, the current firefighters uh, strike uh, is certainly something that needs a lot of attention. Um, we're joined on the line now by Aidan Owens. He's the Carlo Fire and Rescue and he's the coordinating, he's a member of that coordinating committee uh, for the industrial action. He's got 15 years of service, retained firefighters. Yes, they're resuming their industrial action in Carlow and Kilkenny next week. Stations across the two counties had been shut on a rotating basis before the action was halted for talks with the Labour courts. But the national campaign will now resume from next Wednesday after 82%, 82% of SIP2 members rejected the court's recommendations to solve the dispute over pay and conditions. Aidan says the deal doesn't go far enough. Uh, Aidan Owens, good morning and welcome along to KCLR Live. Top of the morning to you, Brian. How are you keeping? Yeah, very good, thank you. Um, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this story quite a lot. We sort of gave it a break for a couple of weeks, as I'm sure you guys did with your action when those Labour court discussions were taking place. Um, I'm sure everybody was hoping that we wouldn't need to get back to where we are now, but we are where we are. Why? What happened over the last few weeks with those discussions? Well, to be honest with you, Brian, it's, it's, it's public knowledge. Um, the offer that was that was placed before us was uh, beyond uh, unacceptable. It fell way short of what the negotiating uh, team uh, had hoped for. Um, and very, very quickly following that um, recommendation from the Labour Court, there was instant um, reaction, uh, anger, frustration, and it was almost immediate uh, a total rejection nationwide of the offer from the Labour Court um, 
Yeah, sh- sh- shocked. We we genuinely thought, you know, with, with the support from the communities across the country, the, some of the local TDs, the media especially, you know, it, it got plenty of attention and we we, we really um, appreciate the support we got. We, we, we thought the message got through to them, but obviously it didn't. And what did they offer? Um, very little, to be honest with you, with you, with you Brian. Um, it, 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 if you if you break it down, it as the saying goes, a high percentage of nothing is still nothing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's a very very small pay increase. I think it's for a standard firefighter joining in the fire service. He goes from a retainer of just over eight thousand a year to just over eleven thousand a year. That's unsustainable. It's it's completely unsustainable. Um, again. I refer to the smaller stations, the quieter stations. They, they, the minister got a got a comprehensive report done last, uh, I think it was twenty twenty one by the ND FEM, and everything is in that. It's as clear as day. But obviously, these ministers, the government, the LGMA, they can't. They're not able to interpret the information that's within that document. Like they've had plenty of opportunity to negotiate with with the National Negotiating Committee and SIP2 to come up with something realistic for the retained fire service in this country and they fell way short of that and Aidan as things stand at the moment have talks uh, completely broken down is there still discussions in place uh, I have to, I have to give credit to the negotiating um, uh, committee um, for the country who met with the minister again this week um, there was fingers crossed I won't lie to you um, mine being one of them because I, I genuinely expected after, after like it was common knowledge that it, that it was going to be rejected, even though we followed all the policies and procedures, we done due diligence, we, you know, we didn't just down tools and abandon shop, you know, we gave a further two weeks notice to the, to the LGMA that we were going to recommence the industrial action. You know what I mean? There was plenty of scope there for them to come back and with a realistic offer, even a temporary offer, just to get us over this, 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 Lull to get everyone back to the negotiating table and wait for the for for the I think it's October December uh, when the minister is going to be re looking at things anyway. But even something just to satisfy us that look we're willing to meet us even meet us halfway that we could say return back to normal operations get back to the way we were and give give the retained fire service something that we can hold on to until we can implement everything correctly in the new year. And we genuinely thought the minister was going to come back with something this week. I genuinely did. The negotiating committee met there, I think it was Wednesday, and the results of that, we, we, we got a message that evening said, no, it was just a chat. There was no offer. There was no, there's, there's nothing on the table. There's, yeah. there's no, there's nothing to be added. It, so, was just, it was just, it was just, it was just mind, mind boggling, really. So as things stand, um, action will resume next Wednesday. Um, what form will that action take this time around? I'm going to be brutally honest with you, Brian. That, from what I understand, that is totally in the hands now of the LGMA and the and, and the government, because I know for a fact that the retained service nationwide are still going to attend life um, threat calls. Um, under what condition, I don't know, but I know from I can only speak from for for um, my own county that we are not prepared to leave our communities unprotected. Um, but our hands are tied and it's going to fall solely to the LGMA to come back to us We, as far as I know there's a recommendation there I don't think the LGMA are willing to um, accept it um, so as I said we're willing to and we're not looking for a single penny extra we're still going to be getting to pay, to pay the same amount of money yeah. so it's not about money 
it, it, it's going to be with the local local uh, management and if they can't agree to meet us have it, it's the negotiating committee that's that's trying to keep the, the, the train on the tracks and I have to be clear about that we're the ones that's coming up with, with the plans we're the ones that's organising it maintain the fire cover for the counties yes we're negotiating with fire service management but fire service management hands are completely tied because they can't they can't um, vet the call that comes in there's nobody to vet the call that comes in mm. so it's up to us as, as the retained fire service we have to vet the calls and now that's putting an, an unbelievable pressure on our sub officers and stations. so are you suggesting that then from next Wednesday every call that comes in to, to, to stations affected by this action there'll be somebody in that station vetting that call to decide whether that's a life threatening situation or not and then deciding on the back of that whether or not to respond to those calls that's my understanding, Brian. Now I can't, I can't be a hundred percent on that because we're still waiting on guidance from SIP2 and the negotiating committee of how. That's a massive responsibility, to, a massive potential risk for any individual to take on. Uh, like probably nobody's better than than a firefighter to make those calls. But if somebody's on scene somewhere asking for assistance. That's a very risky situation to get into where somebody in a fire station is then assessing that person to decide whether or not that situation is actually life-threatening or not, in that opinion. Is that a different situation to what we had on the last round of action? And not necessarily, because the last uh, set of strike action we had, we had, um, we had um, opposite, opposite stations going off at particular times in the 12-hour in 24-hour um, stages. Mm. The, issue, the, the problem is that the management, the first service management, our, chief, our assistant chiefs and the chief fire officers are not in a position to determine what the life threat call. They're not allowed. So that responsibility has gone down to us to the sub-officers, to the station officers. And as part of the quarter coordinating committee within Carlow Fire Service and my colleagues in the other stations, what we agreed as the, as the coordination committee to help the sub-officers and to help the station officers to give them some bit of um, support is that, look, we won't allow you to make that decision by yourself. The member of the co- coordinating committee will, will go into the station, which is to look at the facts, they'll see what the call is, and then they'll make a decision is it considered a life threat. Bearing in mind, there will be another station already alerted and they will be travelling to that call. Now, that's the way it was with the alternating, the alternating calls uh, back on the, the week one or week two of the, the last time. But um, the way it is at the moment, right, it's just it's kind of up in the air at the moment, but mm. we, we are adamant that we're not going to leave the communities unprotected. The problem is that the LGMA just simply will not... My understanding is they're, they're not budging on this. They, they want it kind of their way, they don't understand the implications of of what can happen if if we don't get the resources out there. Okay, I know it's Carlo Firefighter and Rescue um, Coordinating P- Committee member um, for that industrial action. Fifteen years of service, but yet faced with a situation whereby next Wednesday, um, unless things change between now and then, um, they'll be back taking industrial action. We'll be staying in touch with that story over the coming days. Um, and weeks, hopefully not for too much longer into the future, but uh, we'll keep you fully updated here on KCLR. 25 minutes past 10 o'clock, uh, we're going to take a short break after which I'll be speaking to Mrs Vans. KCLR Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, help you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. 
Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. 29 minutes past 10 o'clock this Friday morning. Friday, the time of the week where we all dream about getting away from it. Yeah, sometimes it's just for the two days, but sometimes we have bigger dreams. Getting away from it, changing our life for a short time or a long term, leaving it all behind us. But how do you go about doing it? Maybe you're somebody who just goes and buys a second-hand Mercedes Sprinter van, converts the back of it into a, a sort of mobile home-type situation, camper van, I think is the proper term for it, jumps on a ferry, heads off to mainland Europe, all on your own, and just lives life as it comes to you. Does that sound like your dream? Well, it's the dream being lived uh, by Katie Hurley. Katie is uh, a Limerick woman originally. We won't hold that against her just for now. Studied in SETU and Carlo as a physiotherapist, but uh, started the summer this year, decided to change it all. And she joins us now from uh, Sagres, just outside Sagres in Portugal. Good morning, Katie. Hi, how are you? Well, first of all, just to give people a bit of context, I was you know, scrolling through Instagram one day and I came across uh, this vivacious, mad, slightly looking um, young woman <laughs> uh, in a camper van on her own. And I thought, whoa, I'd love to do that. I'm not quite sure I'd do it if I was a single woman in my 20s. Um, but you are doing it. What was the motivation behind the decision uh, to get involved in that madness, Katie? I think this is a question I get so much and I think it's it's so hard because I feel like it's just one of those things I always wanted to do um, and I think now that I'm here you know you start remembering things from your childhood and you're like oh maybe I was just born a hippie <laughs> but um, this is yeah it's just something I always wanted to do to travel um, and then during lockdown I saw people kind of converting vans and I realised that it was actually very possible so I just went about looking on done deal for vans bought a van showed up at home with a big white van one day and uh the rest was the rest happened after that. <laughs> uh, would you always describe yourself being, as being slightly impulsive? And I don't mean the negative thing. It's just it's just a, a, a person's personality trait. Would you always be slightly impulsive? I think I'm kind of like I know I want to do something for a while, and then then I'll impulsively do it after thinking about it for a while. But the buying the van was was definitely not impulsive. Trying to find one was quite hard. I think it was six months looking for one. Wow. Um, but then when I know I have the one I want, then I'll go for it. So. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so I had the van for about a year again, so it wasn't impulsive, it was very delayed with it. Um, and I think, was it last summer? Yeah, it was last summer. I, I was kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't build a van. Um, I went away a few times in Ireland with the air mattress, and I was disappointed I didn't actually finish it. So I booked a ferry, and I said, right, next summer I'm going. Yeah, you And have to be I just ready. started building it from there. So tell me about Katie Hurley's life um, going back, let's say, 12, 18 months ago. We were just, I suppose, starting to come out with the back of the pandemic and everything else. What was your day-to-day routine yeah. like? So I have my own business, I work for myself, so day-to-day was pretty busy. Um, I have a clinic where I treat people and I teach a lot of Pilates. So especially when I knew I was coming here, it was a lot of long days, a lot of working. But um, So that was that was pretty much it, just working, normal person, um, just saving a bit to see if I could go travel. Last year I went on a few holidays and that was kind of how I got away, but um, since then I've been just focusing on, I was just focusing on saving for the van. Yeah, yeah, so you've got... Uh uh, normal, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's a normal everyday life. You've done your college thing. You've gone through school. You're out. You're in the working world. You're doing your bits and pieces, and uh, this thought comes over you. What's been the biggest challenge? Like, was was the, the biggest challenge you faced? Have they been physical type challenges or emotional challenges with being away from home? Um, I think like challenges are hard because in the moment you're like, oh God, the world is playing a joke on me. Everything is going wrong. But 10 minutes later, something perfect happens. You know, you see a beautiful mountain, you see something. So it's. I feel like you never remember the challenges. You know, when you come home with a story, it's always how 
good everything was. So mm. I think the worst thing was probably the breakdown which happened in day two. Of oh, my go trip, on, go uh, on, tell the now, This is if anybody's interested in, in following Katie, right? You'll, you'll find her on Instagram and probably TikTok and stuff like that. Mrs. M I S S U S space vans. You'll find her there by doing that search. And the story is there visually. But Katie, tell us yeah. what happened about that breakdown. Take us through that weekend. So before I left home, I had a, a list of everything that could go wrong and a solution for it. So well, you thought you I, did. Like I wasn't, well, I, I had wrote it out. So I was like, well, at least if anything goes wrong, I've, everything has a solution. So I had my insurance. I had all that covered. Day two, woke up, van wouldn't start. So I was like, grand, asked someone for a jump lead. The guy beside me jumped, it didn't start. So okay, okay, like, I'm going to stop you there, right? Because you've just told me how organized you are. I had this plan. I had everything planned. Oh, van breaks down. No jump leads. You sort of missed it. No, kid. I had I had jump leads. I had jump leads. I just needed a van to jump the, oh, the okay. van. <laughs> yeah. Um, so jumped a van, didn't work, and I was like, oh, grand, I'll just go ask someone. I was walking around. Everyone was like, it's Saturday. We don't work on Saturday. So no mechanic around on a Saturday. No one could give me a number of one. Insurance company were closed. It was a bank holiday in Ireland. Couldn't get through. So I was like, right. Uh, and I was supposed to be collecting my friend from the airport the next day as well. So I texted her, I was like, uh, right, we've no van. <laughs> so, um, and where were you parked up at this short, point? I was in a car park, which, you know, it actually, it was it was a fine car park. It was just, just a car park near, um, it's actually near the Game of Thrones, where Game of Thrones was filmed. It's okay, a place yeah. in Spain. Um, so it was a fine car park, but like it was quite at night, but during the day it was like people in motorhomes fighting over trying to park the vans and <laughs> it was chaos during the day. And but you're I just sitting there going, well, I can't move anywhere. Windows. The van is broken down. I can't, you'll have to sort that out yourselves. I've just got to sit here for the weekend. Yeah. People asking me, am I moving? I'm like, the hood is open. Of course I'm not moving. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I eventually got help by just sticking notes on random people's windows in Spanish asking, do you know a mechanic? And some guy gave me a number. <laughs> I love I the fact... six days I was in the car park. Six days sitting in the car park waiting to get yeah. out. There was one part of that story that really, really made me laugh. And you know what that was? Because there's uh, a... mechanic <laughs> No, it wasn't anything to do with the mechanic. It was the type of thing that, that Irish people will resort to when everything else doesn't work what did you sprinkle all over the van at one point hoping it would work oh the holy water <laughs> I don't think that helped either but I was, I was at my uh, wits end at that stage so I was trying everything <laughs> so you're in, actually what's what's the weather like over there at the moment we've been hearing so many stories here recently about you know the temperatures in continental Europe I think that the worst thing I could think of being in well maybe it's not but the worst thing I could think of being in is a metal box parked in a car park somewhere with those sort of temperatures yeah, so in north of Spain, it actually was quite similar to Ireland, especially the first few weeks I was there when you had the heat wave. Um, we were both pretty similar weather. I actually think it was better in Ireland. But then I moved down to Madrid and the temperatures hit over 40. Um, and it was the, it was the worst experience ever. We were just, my friend had actually come for a festival and one night we were just laughing at how much sweat we had. It was just disgusting. But I, I moved out of Madrid fairly quick and then I actually moved to Seville um, and I think I lasted two minutes there. I was on the phone to dad and I looked up and it said 48 degrees on the screen <laughs> oh, and I no. was saturated. So I just kept driving. So I drove all the way out of the, I think I drove for like, oh, I was oh, 12 hours one day I was driving yeah. just to get out of, um, the heat. and I went down to the coast, down to Portugal and now it's quite windy, but nice breeze, nice um, temperatures around the high. So how long more are you going to stay? 
Um, so I'm leaving the end of August. So I have 90 days with my insurance company. So I have to leave. That's the only reason I'm leaving. Um, so I have to book my ferry yet, but the tw- around the, the end of August, I'll be home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just and, and like when you come home now, obviously you said you're coming home because of the fact that you can only get 90 days in mainland Europe on, on an Irish insurance policy, I think. Um, when you come home, you've got two choices. You've got the choice of trying to get the insurance situation sorted out and, or heading, and heading back to mainland Europe or indeed maybe somewhere else um, or yeah, can, I, I probably would travel Ireland a little bit um, I haven't really done much of Ireland yeah. I know when you, you know when you can go other places you kind of ignore Ireland but yeah. depending on the weather September can be hit or miss so. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly or, or the other option is eventually you're going to have to potentially sell a slightly stinky from being in the heat in mainland Europe occasionally breaking downy type uh, Mercedes van um, will you ever get rid of it do you think or will you always sort of keep it all parked somewhere so you can head off again whenever you want it's hard to know. Like they, they are going for like the money you can sell these vans for is crazy. But like because me and dad built it, it would be hard to hard to sell it. But I could probably sell it for a lot now that it has its own private beach inside it because there's so much sand. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, um, Katie, I've been absolutely loving following your story. Uh, it's quite inspirational, I have to say. I mean, I know you might not think it is, but if, you know, for somebody like me, uh, or for many people, you know, doing something like that would be a bit of a dream. And you know, may- maybe if you come back, I tell you what to do, right? We're friends on Instagram now. We're following one another. If you ever decide you're getting rid of the van, um, send me a message. I might be interested in taking it off your hands. Yeah, I actually wrote an ebook for people if they are thinking of buying a van. Just it's just like fifty questions to ask yourself, like if you're converting it, just things to think about. So okay. that's up on my Instagram if anyone wants to check it out. And give us those Instagram in. handles again, uh, just to make sure we've got them all right. So Mrs. Vans, M I S S U S V A N S. Yeah, well, it's Katie Hurley. Um, an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'll be following the rest of your journey, um, however long it lasts, whether it's continuing in mainland Europe or back here in Ireland. Uh, in, enjoy the rest of the trip and uh, congratulations. Well done. Thank you very much. Yeah, Katie Hurley there joining us from Sagres in Portugal. KCL or Live, with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card, the perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie. KCLR. You're welcome back for to KCLR Live, 17 minutes to 11 o'clock. Now, people are not just hunting uh, for tickets for the All-Ireland Final. We're on the hunt for Carlo and Kilkenny's most positive pets. And I have to give credit to all of our listeners. You're so tuned in. You've already been sending me in lots of fabulous photographs of your little furry friends this morning, even though I haven't even asked you to do so yet. But you know it's Friday. Big or small, their little faces can brighten up anybody's day. So, to help spread that joy this July, KCLR is on the lookout for Carlo and Kilkenny's most positive pets. I have to say it like that because the PAW is written in bold. Um, well, thanks to Oaklawn's Veterinary Surgery, offering top quality care for your pets in Carlo and indeed the surrounding counties for over 25 years. All you need to do is send us a picture of your furry friends with their name, and indeed your own name, uh, to be in with a chance of winning that €50 all-for-one voucher. What's up those pictures to me now? 083-306-9696. It just entertains us here on a Friday afternoon, and you you might pick up an all-for-one voucher by doing so. Oaklawnvets.ie. Check them out for all your veterinary uh, needs. Now, we've been sending Edwina Grace on a merry hunt around Kilkenny all morning, um, trying to find everything that is black and amber she's gone from Nolan Park where the tickets are currently on sale for anybody who needs to pick tickets last minute and now she's headed off down to Dixborough GA Club um, what's going on in Dixborough? 
Yeah, Brian, it's all go here at Dixborough GA Club. Uh, 180 children aged between 6 and 12 uh, years of age involved here in a multi-sport camp that's been underway all this week and they're out on the pitches here and I have to say I haven't been out here which I'm ashamed to say and I know my father will kill me. I haven't been in the borough for a while. It would be our own family club but it's looking absolutely amazing an awful lot of work has gone on here a lot of development there's a great ball wall I might get a chance to puck against uh, before I leave but I'm going to pass you over I, I'm feeling like a bit of a fraud I should say I'm sitting here in a in a camogie jersey opposite one of the stars of Kilkenny <laughs> well, camogie you and me both but, uh, and you'll have to stay like tuned to hear from her later uh, <laughs> I'll be chatting to you for Prendergast later, but but for for the minute, I'm going to pass you over to one of the the people who's also very involved in uh, this camp, and she's Neve Hulahan. Now, just to place her for people in Kilkenny, uh, she's the daughter of Eddie Hulahan, who everybody will know uh, the Kilkenny line, and very strongly involved, of course, here in Dixborough as well. So, Brian, I'm going to put you on to Neve, and she's going to give you a bit of a gist as to what's been going on here. Brilliant, excellent, Zabina. Hi, Neve. Good morning to you. Good. Morning, Brian. How are you? Yeah, brilliant. So, a multi-sport camp going on up in Dixborough. I mean, we've been out at the cool camps all week. This is sort of a similar theme, but slightly different, obviously, as well. Yeah, it's slightly different. We have eight different stations that go on throughout the day. So, obviously, hurling is very important to us here in Dixborough, but we like to promote other sports as well. So, we have Gaelic football and basketball and pink table tennis, and we actually have a group of girls that are doing a dance routine competition at the moment as we speak. That would be up right up your alley. <laughs> um, and today is a special day, obviously, because we're celebrating all of our Kilkenny herders and a special focus on um, our camogie players and our herders here from Dixborough. So, we're having a black and white. So, we've just finished face painting uh, 180 children so it's been great fun and all of the boys and girls are either wearing their black and amber or their borough colours so there's going to be great excitement with a few members of the club coming out to sign jerseys and hurls and stuff later on this afternoon. Yeah I mean 180 kids to, to face paint black and amber I hope you went down to the local hardware shop and bought a big roller <laughs> to get them all done quickly. Oh. We have amazing coaches that are members of the club and they've just been phenomenal this week and they've been helping out. So they did all the hard work this morning. So we've got them to thank for all of that. And I think I think camps are brilliant for this time of year because it's an opportunity to introduce children to things that they, maybe they don't have the time or the facility to do during the year or maybe it's something that they just want to try on a short-term basis. It's great to see kids 100%. active through the summer, isn't it? And it's also wonderful to see children that might not be in the same class as each other or attend the same schools. So they might be friends from hurling, from the hurling club itself or the camogie club, but it's, you know, giving them that opportunity to try a sport that they might never have started before or ever played before. So it's a great, and it's just wonderful to see all their happy faces running around all week. It's been amazing. So we also do a second week in August. So we're looking forward to seeing hopefully as many children in that week as well. So uh, yes, it'll be great fun to be had. And is the excitement just that little bit? more electric this morning given the, the oh it the most weekend. certainly is <laughs> most certainly is we even have a few Dublin cousins down and they're wearing their black and amber and oh, it's great yeah it. they're and all you're converting <laughs> the dubs and everything else we're converting <laughs> we are uh, so we have and especially with Aoife being here and some other girls are on and some of the lads have played with county and obviously with the club as well so it's amazing they, and they're, they're idols the excitement you know it's just wonderful to see so yes let, hopefully we'll have a great day and lots of cheers and we've been practicing our, our cheering for Edwina later on so we might get a, her to record a bit of the cheering from the children so yeah it's great fun and hopefully we'll be celebrating on Sunday you know there's no better 
woman to then then it'd be a grace to record a, a bit of cheering here or there. You know, if she's not recording, <laughs> she's normally involved in doing. Um, listen, uh, just talking about your your own plans for the weekend. At what time is the camp due to finish today, Neve? Oh, we finish at two thirty. Okay. We finish at two thirty. Yeah. So yeah, um, and hopefully we will all be. I know a lot of people from hearing the little children having chats at lunchtime. A lot of them are going up with their families and friends, and uh, I know some of the kids are going up, and I'm going with my parents as well. So it's going to be a great week for Kilkenny, and there's even such a lovely atmosphere around all week between the families dropping parents or children with the flags on the car, and you know yeah. some parents might not be from Kilkenny and the rivalry and the children chanting and everything <laughs> like that's been great fun. So. Well, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely Neve Hill and looking after 180 kids all week long. Uh, what have you got planned for the afternoon? Oh, well, I'm, well, once we're all finished up, we've got a big clean up here, oh. and then I'm heading for Dublin and getting ready for Coke Park on Sunday. Fair play to you, Neve. Uh, listen, congratulations on a successful camp. Another, as you said, coming up in August, where can people find details of yeah, that if they the, get they can, if they look at all of the social links on Dixborough and the Dixborough Clubs app, app, and it's the week of the 14th, Monday the 14th, we start off. Well, Niamh, so that's where they'll be able to find it. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you very much. From, thank on million. behalf of all the parents who've had kids enrolled all week long, thank you very much for getting them off my hands uh, for a little bit of time. <laughs> um, uh, I'll have a quick chat to Edwina before we... I'll jump we, back uh, to Edwina. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Thank one you very second much. now. Thanks uh, a million. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's Niamh Houlihan from uh, Dixborough GA. Uh, multi-sport camp. Edwina, you said to me a minute ago you're falling off a stool up there. Is, is there any particular reason, or are you just running around? No, no, I didn't know. I, you see, I got, I got a typical Dixborough welcome. You know, I was ushered right. in onto a high stool, a mug of coffee put in my hand. There's a uh, two big yolks of buns uh, have been rolled out. As, as, as I remember Dixborough to be, um, I would have childhood memories of coming in on match days and other days and there'd be sandwiches being buttered and made in the in the kitchen. Now it's all, they've developed the, the premises um, fantastically uh, since then, but a lot of happy memories here for a lot of children who, who yeah. would have come through the borough. I would have played a little bit out in those pitches, uh, not very well, but <laughs> I, I would have been out there. So I know what it's like to be in the thick of those pitches and playing matches and having the crack, you know, and, and these kids very, very excited now for what's to come over, over the weekend. And as I look out onto the pitch, Brian, I can see the little dancers. They're super. You should see the moves. You You'd be very proud. Um, yeah, they, uh, yeah they, no, they're super. And then their balls being bounced over uh, on a, a makeshift basketball court. And then there's the tiniest little kids with hurls and they're firing at uh, at the goal right in front of me as well. So it's love yeah, all go yeah. here today well, at the RGA Club. I know it's, uh, we talked about it earlier on when we were talking from Nolan Park. It's bringing you back to your youth and your memories and everything else. And that's what the events like this do. They connect everybody back. Edwina Grace, listen, great talking to you this morning. Um, enjoy your time up at Dixborough and we'll, sure we'll see you when you get back to base a little bit later on. Thanks very much, Brian. And I, I was presented with a lovely copy of the Up the Borough Dixborough GA Club 1909 to 2009 and all of the pages that feature my dad or my granddad have been marked. So I'll be going through that uh, very thoroughly now a little bit later on when, when I get a bit of downtime. Edwina Grace continuing to capture the atmosphere of everything black and amber and don't forget send us in your black and amber photographs 083 306 9696 I'm going to take a short break and after which I'll be back with some of your texts and comments particularly relating uh, to the firefighter strike KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops food outlets and a state of the art IMC cinema see fairgreen.ie 
Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Yeah, it's just coming up on eight, six minutes, should I say, to uh, 11 o'clock this morning. Great to get so many beautiful pets photographs in this morning. Do keep them coming to be in with a chance of winning that €50 Euro all for one voucher from um, Oaklands Veterinary Services. Um, also, people wanting to exp- express their support for the firefighters. Um, somebody suggesting, Brian, it would be nice uh, to read out texts of public support for our firefighters, which we all support. Yes, I would agree with that. And anybody um, who wants to text me on that topic, please feel free. 083 306 We, the public, uh, should be out marching to support our firefighters disgraceful treatment of this valuable service uh, we all depend on says Anne in High Street good morning Anne yeah I think most people would agree um, that the, the firefighters need all of the support that they can get and uh, Brian if you're going to play the Rose of Moon coin and you're being a neutral you have to play Limerick you're a lady just to keep the balance so, well it's important that we strike a balance between Carlo and Kilkenny in terms of striking a balance between Kilkenny and Limerick yeah, not this weekend. Not going to happen. We will have uh, that Rose Moon coin for you a little bit later on the show, but we shan't be playing. How do you think I would have a chance of getting out of a building that's got a lot of Kilkenny people in it? I'd have to get out the studio door, across the reception, past the reception staff, down. Not a chance am I running that gauntlet by playing uh, Limerick, You're a Lady. Uh, Any time soon. We've got uh, a little bit of music and we're going to take uh, something from Niall Horan, um, after which we'll be getting ready for the news at 11 o'clock. Waking up to kiss you and nobody's there The smell of your perfume still stuck in the air It's hard Yesterday I thought I saw your shadow running round It's funny how things never change in this old town So far from the stars And I want to tell you everything the words I never got to see the first time around And I remember everything comes back to you not horror there with this town bringing us towards the uh, news at 11 o'clock. I have to say, the amount of photographs people sending us in this morning for our Positive Pets giveaway. Um, I, I'm not quite sure the service will be able to handle it, but do keep them coming in. They look absolutely fabulous. 083 306 96. Some money would be nice to have for the weekend. Just after 11, I'll uh, give you a little listen to our mystery sound brought to you by Volkswagen Lahart celebrating their range of ID vehicles. Um, that is on the way. After the news at 11. KLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Thanks, Ashling. Barbie or Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer, I think. Oh, I'm yeah, going to see it girl. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You got, you've got it booked already? Yeah, I have it booked, yeah. You see, you're lucky enough. I mean, three hours is a long, long stint in a cinema, isn't it? I know, and my attention span isn't great, so we'll see how we go. But if it's good, then I won't mind. Yeah, yeah. So you can nearly get a full game of golf in in three hours. Oh, not golf. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Enjoy your weekend wherever you got planned. Ashley Bottle Dowling will be back with you for the news at 12. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. It's five past 11 on a Friday morning. That means we need to find out what's going on with the weather for the weekend. I might also ask him the Barbie versus Oppenheimer question also. Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather joining us this morning. Good morning, Alan. 
Good morning, Brian. Let, let's get this out of the way first of all before we get into the series stuff. Barbie movie or Oppenheimer? Oh, definitely not Barbie. Anything else. Yeah, well then we'll give you another little test. Oppenheimer, which is three hours long, or 12 holes of golf. You'd probably get 12 holes in in three hours. Well, yeah, well, I have the captain's prize on this weekend. Oh, have you? And I said it'll take a bit more than three hours. But, uh, oh, we're getting into it now. Might be done and dusted in three hours. <laughs> How is the form going into the captain's weekend in uh, Mount Wolseley? Uh, poor to awful need about another 10 shots unfortunately <laughs> yeah and of course the uh, the handicaps committee yank on to turn around and start making those type of sweeping changes the weekend of that big prize but listen good luck enjoy it what's the weather looking like um, for anybody with sporting interests and we've got plenty of them listening this morning yeah so we have some rain moving back in unfortunately this evening it's on its way in from the west it's going to get cloudy it's going to get patchy and then there's going to be rain this evening so a wet night ahead um i did joke on twitter that there's much milder air moving up but it's also much wetter so it'll just make the rain a little bit warmer tomorrow is what we would call a grand soft day it's going to be cloudy and wet the heaviest of the rain will be in the morning and the evening but there will be patchy light kind of mist and drizzle and showers on and off pretty much most of the day yeah um and there's not really going to be any break in the clouds so unfortunately it's a dull damp day tomorrow wind's not too strong temperatures as i say up a little bit back even though it's going to be dull and damp it'll still be 17 18 degrees and feeling quite humid for sunday then it's going to start off dull and damp but it will improve now the timing around this is a little bit kind of tricky in terms of picking an hour but after lunch looks like sunny spells should break through and they'll actually be quite warm so up to 20 degrees on Sunday if we do get those sunny spells or even a little bit higher locally uh, for those heading to Crow Park I'm I'm looking at the latest weather models and there's still a risk of a shower around the start of the match heading into the match but I'd be hoping that the most of the showers should clear around throwing or not long after it if, if possible um, one little interesting feature that could make a difference is the wind is forecast to pick up around throwing time and actually be a north easterly which will be blown directly from one end to the other from the uh, the hill 16 into the Davin stand so right. the wind could play a factor especially if it picks up in the second half and if maybe you had the wind uh, which uh, um, yeah. it's, it's an area of Dublin I know very very well I, I actually went to school in the shadow with Crow Park and it, you know when it whips in from that direction uh, particularly coming in over the hill as opposed to the other direction it can make a big big difference yeah it can and, and it's forecast to possibly get up to 25 kilometres an hour goes to 35 so it could be a decent enough breeze the timing of it is just what could get interesting um, if it was me I'd probably be hedging my bets and going for the second half to have the wind on me back because I think it could pick up more in the second half so okay. if there's a toss of a kind to be one that might be interesting yeah I hope Derek um, is listening yeah but uh, yeah so after that then as I said some sunny spells and, and hopefully kind of a nice evening Sunday evening so if there is some celebrations to be had in Kilkenny hopefully it should be nice for them Um next week is a bit of a mixed bag Monday looks okay good sunny spells just a very odd shower Tuesday the odd shower there's a risk of more heavy rain moving in again Tuesday night into Wednesday with potential for Wednesday to be a wet day but there's a bit of uncertainty around that um, up to next weekend it's looking unsettled now look 
I think everyone's fed up with the rain and you know the the weather the way it's been. So I tweeted a graphic showing that one of the weather models is showing a nice area high pressure coming up around the fourth of August. It's way too far out, but if you need some hope and you're looking for some hope for the wet sunshine to return, then at the moment the weather models show that the jet stream might just take a little kink up to the north and we might just allow some high pressure in so we live in hope but it's a long way off yeah that's around about the 4th of August that's perfectly timed because that's around about the time when my little break off for a couple of weeks finishes typical you know but uh, <laughs> continuing to look unsettled you you had a bit of a break off last couple of weeks as well did you manage to enjoy it despite all that rain yeah we were lucky enough like it's, it's about making the most of the sunny spells really when you get these kind of yeah. days and I was camping in Wicklow for a week the last day was very wet but the tent held up and the wind got a bit tricky but um, was in Donegal then for the second week and it was just I mean apart from the last day when the last rain it was glorious it's yeah. a lovely part of the country long way up there but uh, very nice yeah Alan O'Reilly it's always a pleasure to chat to you on a Friday Alan O'Reilly from Carlow Weather and not only just giving us the weather forecasts for the week and the weekend ahead but also giving a little bit of an insight into how the toss at the start of the uh, All-Ireland Final on Sunday <laughs> you need to win that you're back in the second half when legs are tiring and, and deficits have to be made up or leads extended you'll want to have that little bit of information it's 11 minutes past 11 this Friday morning time to give you a chance to win some money the Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR with thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny visit lahertz.ie so we're at the 300 euro mark for anybody who can identify our mystery sound it's brought to you by La Hertz ears open and have a little listen to this Yeah, lots of people guessing ice-related things earlier on the week. I did tell you a number of numbers. Nothing to do with anything ice-related. Um, but do have another little listen. If you can work out what that is, text me or WhatsApp me now. 083 306 9696. And that 300 euros will be yours. If it's not one today and you get a flash of inspiration over the weekend, give us a text on Monday morning when it'll be worth 400 euros. The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hertz Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit lahertz.ie. Well, apart from the celebrations around, uh, or preparations, should I say, uh, around the All-Ireland Final this weekend, there's another big sporting event taking place, the Women's World Cup, and we'll be going live to Oz to speak to Barry O'Neill uh, to get the, fe- the sense of the atmosphere over there. After this one, from Inhaler. From the shape of the Inhaler, great Irish music if you're going to break my heart this Friday morning. 16 minutes past 11. Now, we've mentioned a lot, obviously, and understandably, rightly so, about Kilkenny being in that All-Ireland final, but the Women's World Cup kicked off this, uh, just yesterday, this time yesterday, they were 15 minutes into the game. We hope those girls are not going to break our hearts, um, but somebody who's moved, gone from Ardnor in Kilkenny all the way to us um, is somebody who's been very much involved in supporting and uh, developing women's uh, soccer here in Kilkenny for well over two decades now started the first girls team at Evergreen back in 2002 and he's travelled all the way to us to support the girls in green um, we're talking this morning live from Australia to Barry O'Neill good morning Barry 
Good morning, Brian. How are things? Very good. We tiny little bit of a delay on the line, but you're crystal clear all the way from Australia. So what drags a man from Arden or Uncle Kenny all the way to the other side of the planet? Well, I suppose it's the love of soccer, number one, uh, especially the girl soccer. And I suppose when originally when this when this fixture came up and we knew it was in Australia, we were keeping our fingers crossed because we could possibly have had uh, a local girl playing here or playing last night, Ellen Malloy, and unfortunately she didn't recruit it, so she missed out. So that was one of the small little reasons. Uh, then there was another reason uh, for the fact that uh, I have a son here and uh, two grandkids. I haven't seen them for 10 years, so our five years, five years ago they were home, yeah. Mm. And it's great to see the, see the two of them here, Maeve and Benny, and the two of them are playing soccer here as well, and the two of them came to the game last night. And it was uh, unbelievable, the excitement, the atmosphere, everything was brilliant. But Barry, you were really, really ahead of the curve because I mean, we've seen massive support change for women's sport in general, but particularly the women's soccer team over the last two, two and a half years maybe. But uh, 20, uh, 22 years ago, I believe it was, you started the first uh, girls team in Evergreen. Well, that, that's uh, probably the, the the new Evergreen teams. Years ago, uh, 1973, there was a, a big history thing down there a few weeks ago uh, about the 1973. Uh, there was a, a World Cup match or a, a, an Ireland, Ireland match played, and uh, it, uh, it was played in in O'Loughlin's Park, mm. and the likes of uh, Kay Ramsbottom and a few girls like that were played. But that was that. They kind of went away then. But in in uh, 2002, we came back up again in Evergreen, and we just started. There was girls there. Uh, I was involved with the school vice for a good few years, and then I decided I had enough, and I was going to take a break. And a few girls got on to me and said, "No, I, no, I'm not going back. I've, <laughs> I've done my stint." And they kept on, and I said, "Okay, we'll go and we'll have a go." The story I used to hear all the time was they'd bring Michael or Johnny to the football match, and they might bring Mary as well. And I'd say, "Why does Mary play? Oh, girls don't play soccer." That was what I heard, and we put up with that for a good number of years. Now I'd say we have what 350 girls in the club, and I think after this World Cup and what I've seen in the last couple of years, I'd say we'd have. Mick Hennessy and the crew out in Evergreen Park will have to build more pitches, I think, because. The amount of girls that go to the games now is incredible. It's, it's, it's the fastest growing sport in Ireland at the minute, I think, soccer. And Barry, are you still involved out in Evergreen on a, on a week-to-week basis? Yeah, I am. I'm still, I was involved a little bit with the under-12s there two, last year. Uh, and then there was a good few ladies uh, come on to me and said, look, why don't we have a ladies' team? Because the girls' team were only going up as far as 16 and 17. And then we were losing them because there was no place for them to go, really. Unless there were, if there were an exception... They could go down to uh, the cup to play for Wexford Youths, or they could go to quite a few girls went to uh, a couple of girls went up to Dublin, spent it up DR Waves and a few teams like that. Yeah, but uh, you would have to be in the higher grade for that. But there is, there, we had loads of girls coming through, and I started a ladies team last year, and we got in, in the KNDL, the Kenyan District League. They started up uh, Ladies League again, and we had it run a couple of years ago, and it fell apart. But now we have it going again, and we got it going last year, and we had eight teams in it. So hopefully next year we'll have another very, very strong league. So I'd probably give it another go with Ladies again next year. Because <laughs> I, I love people like Brian, you, Barry, because you were telling me a few moments ago that some 15 or 20 years ago you, you'd sort of had enough. Um, and listen, a little birdie told me that you're, you're coming up nearly 80 now at this stage, and it looks like you're going to have your hands full when you return from Oz with all these uh, women looking to get involved in soccer apart from the ones that are already there no sonny you're retiring anytime soon but listen go on 
Come here, Brian. You shouldn't be letting out secrets like that. <laughs> now, if you were of the fairer sex, Barry, which is what we're talking about, there's no way I'd have taken my life in my hands by letting that information out. But there you go. Um, listen, you were at the game right. yourself yesterday. What was the atmosphere like in and around the stadium? We got there. We got there quite early. It was difficult enough to get there. We, but, it, but the, the crowds were unbelievable. But we got in early to the stadium, and the build-up inside in the game was just. I mean, the Australians are really, really taken to this team. And they were there. Oh, they were there in their thousands. I mean, it, it looked at half an hour, maybe three quarters of an hour before the game that the stadium mightn't be full. We were told it was a sellout, but you could feel the last half an hour. It was just a drove of people that came in, and by the time the game started, it was just it was packed to capacity. Well, there was seventy-eight thousand there, and the atmosphere, the singing, the the kind of it was just incredible. I was a little small bit disappointed with the Irish support because everyone said we all thought when it was announced first that the uh, game is in, in Sydney, in Australia, so many Irish people out here. And when you looked around, I stood up, I was up quite high in the stand. And when you look around, you saw all you saw was a sea of yellow mm-hmm. all the way around. There was a few little pockets of green and white here and there. But before the game started, there was quite a few behind one of the goals. But I thought, I honestly thought there would have been a good few more here. But what was here, why did they let everyone ah, know they were there? I mean, the, field, <laughs> the fields of Atten Rye got... <laughs> Got a good old run out yesterday as well. I mean, obviously playing the host nation, we were probably likely to be outnumbered. But in terms of on the the pitch, uh, the result didn't quite go our way, but you were saying off air there a moment ago that actually you thought they did a pretty good job overall. I think they've done a brilliant job because um, they kind of, I think maybe when they went out first, there were maybe some of the girls might have been a little bit intimidated, a little bit shy. Uh, and they're just kind of they were they weren't taking any chances, and I think they gave Australia a bit too much respect. And then they kind of moved on a bit in the second in the first half. And next thing, Australia were getting a bit frustrated, and you knew they were getting nothing. When you think we went um, Ireland went the defence went 45 minutes, and uh, uh, the goalkeeper she never got a touch of the ball. She didn't the ball, she didn't have a save to make yeah. in the first half. And then when they kind of got we got her act together a bit in the second half, and we got going at them and. For the last 15 minutes, they just dominated the game, Ireland. I mean, we got, I think we got five corners in a row. Uh, they kept, the stats came up on the screen beside it, and it was going, I think it was 45, 35% towards Ireland with it, with the attacking. And they were, they were unbelievable. Like, they really kept going. And, and Australia were worried. They really were worried. There was lots of Aussie fans around us, and they were, I think they were waiting for the referee to blow the whistle because, and we, and we were so close, kicking yeah. the cave in the last couple of minutes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that there was that, an, the corner that was touched day, over right. the bar. There was a couple of chances, a couple of little sort of scuffy ones in and around the edge of the box and stuff like that. So, so close. And I think that's probably the most difficult game we'll face within the three. But, Barry, will you get to see any of the other matches while you're over there? Yeah, I'm going and uh, we're going uh, next Tuesday now to the game in, uh, we're in Sydney like, so there's quite a few games in the Sydney football stadium and Tuesday we're going to Colombia and South Korea, that'll be interesting to see what these Colombians are like, the girls that try to kick her and out of, yeah, out of the absolutely, cup, yeah. uh, interested to see what they're like, uh, then Friday we're hoping to get to England and Denmark, which should be a very good game. Uh, that's on in Sydney again, and then we're heading to Brisbane to see Ireland are playing on Tuesday in, in Perth. But uh, Perth is a little bit far away. Yeah, about and, six uh, hours flight. It's, 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 it's not nipping around the corner. No, no. And it was a bit of a marathon to get here in the first place. So uh, we're having a bit of a, a, a break and recovery and everything else. And then on Sunday, we're heading to Brisbane. 
Yeah. And we're playing in Nigeria and Brisbane on, on, on Monday. So that, I'm looking forward to that one now. That, that'll be another good game. And hopefully we'll meet some of the players. We're staying in the same hotel. We're going to stay there for a couple of days and we're staying in the same hotel as the team. So we hopefully we can make a few, make contact with a few of them because uh, I Tom Ellens, uh, I know him fairly well from Wexford Youths. And I've met the manager as well. And there's a couple of girls um, like uh, Kara Reardon who played with Wexford Youths. Uh, we'll, she will have a contact with her, and yeah. I've had a few little chats with Amaris now and again. So hopefully we'll we'll have a. Well, Barry, we'll stay in contact. With you. I mean, when you get down there and you've got that much access to the guys and things like that, maybe we'll even try and uh, get in contact with you when you're down there. Barry O'Neill, listen, a pleasure chatting to you. Uh, thanks for dropping us in uh, those messages and thoughts, and on not just the future of women's soccer here in Kilkenny, but also what the atmosphere is like all the way down in Australia. Um, we'll talk to you. I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point next week, see how everything's going. Barry O'Neill, um, from Aranor to Oz. And uh, talking about going from Aranor to Oz, we're going to go from talking about the women's soccer team back to talking about the uh, the All-Ireland Championships because um, just after a short break, we've got our Friday panel joined by legend Peter Chapclear and the other legend, Etna Quirk. They're both in studio for today's Friday panel. KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. KCLR. You're welcome back to KCLR Live this Friday morning. The giddiness is starting to set in because it's 11.30 on a Friday morning. It's time for this. The Friday panel on KCLR Live. With thanks to Paul Colley Hogan Lanigan, Kenny's leading law firm. See a full list of our services at pkhl.ie. Now, I don't know if our panellists are feeling giddy. I am because I'm off for the next two weeks. Yahoo! You can get away with... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Edna Quirk is in here. Come on, tell us what you're saying. Happy for you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. too great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Peter Cla- Chap Clear joins us in studio for the Friday panel. Peter, you're very welcome into the studio, Sorry, as man. always. L- let's start off, right? Because, as I said, you know, it's the it is the biggest story of the weekend for certainly for for us here in Kilkenny. Um, All Ireland final. You've been there. You've experienced the atmosphere of being up there with the team, with the panel, and everything else. Yeah. You know, what are we now? We're like 48 hours and a bit ahead of the game. What will they be feeling now at this stage? Ah, oh, it's just unbelievable excitement for for all of the, the the players and the backroom team and everybody involved in the squad. It's just you know the the, the nerves are there, um, the excitement is there, um, all of their families. All what of are the lads getting married tomorrow? Wasn't he? Yeah, so I believe yeah, Kenny Buckley's getting married tomorrow. Yeah, uh, look, the, 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 these things happen, I suppose. You know but what that's I mean? mad. Like I mean, like talk about you know talking about a memorable weekend, getting married. Uh, no, actually, this this the question everybody's going to ask him on Sunday evening if Kilkenny win well you've had a good weekend what was better getting married on Saturday or lifting the other on Sunday yeah, well, be a brave person to answer that question <laughs> wouldn't you yeah, well, you would on live on air I knew you would but, uh, <laughs> but, but look to be fair to or to, with the near shot of the missus <laughs> yeah uh, but it's just such an exciting um, exciting time for them all and I'm sure there's just loads of nerves but um, look I suppose my memories of it thinking back are I suppose you know the, the build up to it is, is the best part it's the excitement part and it's you know the, the trainings and the challenging each other and um, you know when you get to this stage now on the Friday you know your thoughts are coming to getting the bus up on the Sunday morning and it's just it's it's a blur but it's absolutely amazing you know and I suppose as soon as the ball is thrown in on, on Sunday 
two or three minutes into the match uh, you know everything else goes out the window and it's just a game and, and, and things will settle down but everybody in Kilkenny is just so excited um, and especially because you know I suppose with Brian Cody leaving last year and Derek Lean coming in uh, there would have been a lot of question marks about you know where Kilkenny were going to go but uh, they've been absolutely fantastic this year and mm. they've really stepped up to the plate and uh, they're there because they deserve to be there and I actually uh, I actually think they're going to do it on Sunday I, I heard it described earlier on uh, yesterday earlier this morning actually as a battle between um, arguably Hurling's greatest ever Hurling team and Hurling's greatest ever Hurling county mm. um, are Kilkenny there yet? Well, it is a very, very impressive Limerick team, um, and they have been over the last number of years. Um, I know I think they're going for four in a row tomorrow. And I know Kilkenny have done that before, um, ten or fifteen years ago. But it is a really impressive Limerick team. They're physically very strong. They're very athletic. Um, but having said that, Kilkenny are a very good team as well. Um, and I don't think Kilkenny are getting uh, nationally are getting the credit they deserve. Everything is mm. all Munster hurling, Munster hurling, Munster hurling. But Kilkenny have done everything they've had to do yeah. uh, and done it in style. Um, and the performance in the semi-final they were absolutely clinical and they were ruthless so um, I'm really excited to see this game on on, Saturday, on Sunday see what way it pans out um, there's no doubt that that Limerick team is brilliant yeah, one yeah. of the best teams of all time um, but having said that you know all in final day anything can happen uh, you know we've seen that down through the years um, you know a lucky break one way or another um, but look if Kenny are there thereabouts a few minutes to go uh, I'd fancy him to, to do one over in Limerick and quick have you ever experienced that have you ever been in Ireland in anything yourself? No. Have you not? No, I've been in Croke Park for All-Ireland football final day. Um, my cousin used to play for Cork, uh, so I was there for that and there for them winning. So, yeah, I got, got the excitement. I See, I, I was overrating your talent because a few minutes ago I thought you heard you say in the background, I've been to an All-Ireland. I thought, oh, I wonder what Etna made the All-Ireland final at. You mean you've been to Croke Park for an All-Ireland? For an All-Ireland. Very different yeah, situation. No, and I've, I've been to Croke, Croke Park for different uh, occasions over the years, but no, never to... Um, support my my county in an All-Ireland final but oh, you're, one from of these Car- you're from days, Carlo aren't you Carlo, <laughs> um, one of these days and um, yeah look I, I it's been fantastic all week here and like I can actually even feel the yeah, yeah. The, the excitement buzz. yeah coming from chap and like listening to the Black and Amber news and Edwina out and about all week um, it's just fantastic I love being involved I love to see it as as an outsider and and I will be watching the game always every year all Ireland football hurling doesn't matter who's in the game mm. don't know much about it but we yeah. will be glued to the telly in Cardiff yeah just to finish I mean I I, th- I think like as a Dubliner I've been to, to Crowbag loads of times for the football for the football <laughs> <laughs> good for you <laughs> but the, actually no the one thing I'm going to say is that it's very different I mean having been down in Kilkenny you know being here at Casey on and off for the last four years um, experiencing last year's All-Ireland final and again this year it's very very different because when you're up in Dublin for example and I'm sure other counties outside of Dublin are probably similar to Kilkenny the atmosphere for an All-Ireland final doesn't start till about 12 o'clock Mm. and you're seeing the lads and the ladies you know at the bus stops around Dublin jumping on the buses in the jerseys and it nearly becomes a bit like where oh yeah the game is on today I better go home to watch that later on it's absolutely totally different in, in Kilkenny yeah, and I mean, you just see the colour around the, the county as well. And I suppose yeah. it's breaking from tradition. Years ago, when I was involved, um, All Ireland Fine was always the first Sunday in September. Yeah. And the semi final would be three or four four weeks, we'll say, beforehand. So you had a nice, long four week build up. Yeah. Uh, but it's so quick now because semi final is two that better weeks or ago. worse? Um, probably from the player's perspective, it's probably better because you're you're getting games and you're going yeah. straight into it. Um, for the public or for, you know, even things like organising homecomings, it's a little bit tighter because you have a really tight schedule to get uh, every, everything organised. It 
It really keeps the momentum going, though, doesn't it? It does. It keeps the excitement. Yeah. You go straight from one match, and you know, you know, two weeks later, you know, tickets, like the pressure's on straight away once the yeah, final yeah, whistle yeah, is blown. Yeah. On, uh, no, I've on really bought into Sunday. it this year. I mean, last year when you know, as we said, we we had a meeting on the Monday morning straight after the semi final mm. to say, well, what's the plan for the next yeah, two weeks? Yeah. And I, I, I brought one piece of paper with me to take yeah, some notes. Yeah. I was like, guys, yeah. are you joking me? It's yeah, like yeah. it's on every sheet, every yeah. show, every element of what we do. It's the only uh, show in town. <laughs> it is, and it's yeah. listen, it's great. I've absolutely loved it. Um, the last couple of weeks and good luck to just if it, it's extra special for our family on on Sunday because um, it's got for Steen and Greg and Amanda where my girls go to school they won the into mini sevens uh, so my second L assembly she's getting to play at half time mm. um, oh, in, in, in Crow Park on, yeah. on Sunday whatever so it's absolutely brilliant presume you've got tickets yeah we've tickets yeah, yeah we've of course tickets, you have so yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you I didn't have to queue up outside Nolan Park at half ten this morning I, to get them out didn't you yeah, got married around the week yeah but uh, <laughs> look it's, it's just such a such a brilliant time and there's fierce excitement and um the one thing I'd encourage all your listeners is obviously everyone will watch the match or go to the match or listen to the match um, whatever suits themselves and some will do both and watch and be listening to Casey Lauren or your phones I've often seen yeah, that happen up there uh, you, you see the whole time um, but you know I suppose what we'd be encouraging from Kenny County Council's perspective is that on Monday win-lose uh, obviously if it's a draw it's different but win or lose we'd just encourage everybody from Kenny to come out and support the guys uh, for the homecoming on Monday night um, yeah. we'll talk about the homecoming yeah. I mean uh, David Fitzgerald has suggested earlier on the week that we might need to look at the homecoming and bits and pieces so do stay with us yep. the Friday panel uh, Peter Chapclear and Etna Quirk uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll continue conversations about tickets because there's been some astronomical prices paid uh, by uh, browbeaten parents I suppose is the best way to describe it for Tay Tay uh, if you don't know who she is <laughs> probably better off KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. The Friday Panel on KCL or live. With thanks to Paul Colley Hogan Lanigan for Kenny's leading law firm. See a full list of our services at pkhl.ie. Our Friday Panel joining us this Friday, the 21st of July, Peter Chap Clear and Etna Quirk. Etna, you're going to have to get yourself a little middle sort of Etna Quirky Quirk or something like that. <laughs> I was just thinking of that. I was like, oh, I'm Well, if my middle name is Anne, if you want to call me Etna Anne Quirk. Nah, it doesn't have the same effect as Peter <laughs> no, Chap Clear. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to. What's this with like? just thinking about this right um, so many of the lads have nicknames I was yeah. at an event in County Mead years yeah. ago and uh, it was one of these fundraisers for one of the local clubs Dancing with the Stars thing and they were telling me who else was on the judging panel um, somebody who I knew and then um, Jinxie <laughs> I was like who's Jinxie yeah, yeah. and they looked at me with such horror it's like you don't know who Jinxie is yeah, yeah. Um, is it you have to reach a certain standard before you're allowed to uh like been verified on Twitter, really, isn't it? Yeah, a Gaelic player with a, with a middle sort of surname. I middle when you have a nickname, it's um, it's it's uh, it's a rite of passage. Maybe, <laughs> in a way, you know what I mean? It's, uh, and there could be worse. Like I've like my mother and father call me Chap. You know what I mean? My yeah. daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter's called me Chap. I was called Chap at school, so very few people would call me Peter. Maybe only when I'm in trouble. Um, but everyone calls me Chap, yeah. And uh, look, my father was Peter when I came along. Then yeah. I was the, the young chap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nice yeah. to yeah. differentiate yeah. that way. Well, well, listen, it's a funny way. one, isn't it? I don't yeah. know. I, I know a good few men with nicknames. Yeah, I wouldn't know very many. Women like I know my good friends call Quirk, 
but like, like there's never been a yeah I've thought about calling you quirky a few times you have uh, done yeah. have I yes <laughs> have I done that on air before yeah I think I very aptly named there so I'll take that one but um, yeah no it's just it's just for our listeners in future if you ever hear me say quirky you'll be in the studio later on you now know I'm talking about ethnic quirky there you go. Yeah. but there's some great nicknames out around the corner especially in the GA clubs like yeah. you go from Joxer to Junior and <laughs> yes. it's just there's just it's and the there's a story behind, behind them, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually I played I was talking to you earlier in the week I played my first Gaelic match during the week um, which was a story for anyway we'll come back to but my brother no, don't is do it now. my brother is Shep um, right. my father he was he, my father was Seamus and he's yeah, Seamus yeah. but he's Shep but on the sidelines the other night he was like go on Shep <laughs> and I was like I think they're talking to me for for people uh, for the 20 minutes I was on the field <laughs> what happened out in the 19th minute Edna? oh sure that's I, why I'm laughing I damaged my Achilles so I'm all strapped up here so we'll be talking about the Barbie movie in a minute and, um, <laughs> she's I'm, trying I'm to move on I'm empathising with Barbie when she has to hang up her stilettos and go into her Birkenstocks because that's where I'm at today so chap if you don't mind me calling you chap I think no, no. I think I think quirky took a little bit of pleasure on the other night I'd said oh I've done me Achilles yeah, oh, I've done me Achilles it's a nice way to do it when you come back listen we were talking me about, off the field anyway we were talking about all Ireland tickets right is it another sort of ticket fiasco ah fiasco is maybe not the right word but um Tay Tay, Taylor Swift, we were talking about beforehand. Um, first of all, if you didn't know, Taylor Swift is a, a huge global star. She's probably the biggest star in the world of music at the moment and certainly has been for the last five years. Um, for fans of Taylor Swift, uh, just before Christmas, I think it was, she re-released one of her old albums. Now, this was to do with an argument with an old agent and, you know, yeah. trying to make sure she protected her own income and her own and things like that as well. But... She's got this world tour going on. If you wanted to get tickets for that Taylor Swift tour, it started out by having to potentially buy that album, which gave you a, sort of an exclusive pre-code. If you missed out on that, then you could apply to get a pre-code. And if you didn't have either of those things, then you could actually just go online like normal people and get tickets. It resulted in madness across the globe yesterday. Um, my own brother, maybe I shouldn't say, he bought the tickets. He was 30,000th in the queue and ended up paying, yep, 380 euros a ticket I know another mother who 380 got a ticket a ticket oh my god mm. wow yeah yeah. and another person who got into uh, you're welcome to Taylor Swift's <laughs> box office you're free to buy a ticket now if you have 770 euros at which point after spending an hour oh. online she went thank you no thank you um, you've got a family full of sort of yeah. Taylor Swift aged fans yeah, you I'm involved in this madness absolutely and I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan, fan in ours absolutely I'm a closet <laughs> Massive fan, but uh, but no, we actually my daughter um, bought one of the Taylor Swift, that Taylor Swift album you, you, you yeah. mentioned. Um, so we got on the pre pre sale list last week, um, and yeah, we've we've uh, we've managed to get four tickets uh, for Taylor Swift for I think it's the Friday. How many's in your household? Six. So oh, four into six. So there'll be me. There'll be me and three others. I'm not sure which three others. Will, will oh, you see about yeah, it's him <laughs> and three others. <laughs> but no, we, we we're obviously on the hunt to try and get two more. See, we all go as a family. Um, I think we were lucky. We, we got in quite early uh, onto the list because we had bought the album. So I think it was 150 euro a ticket, yeah. which is very very expensive. But in comparison, to some of the prices people are paying. Well, the, um, the tickets were starting. You know, at eighty six euros, yeah. and that was like for yeah, yeah. yeah. She's very small looking, Taylor Swift, isn't she? She's yeah. You'd be right at the top of the gods for eighty six euros. Yeah. Um, you know. it, that's crazy money, isn't it? Like we've just it gone, madness, it, yeah. it's just gone nuts. I mean, my daughter said to me, and and I'd like Taylor Swift, and my daughter would enjoy her as well. And she said to me, "Mom, Taylor Swift is coming to Ireland," and I said, "That's great." Mm. And that was the end of that discussion <laughs> because I am not going yeah. to spend hours sitting online. She's good at finishing discussions <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, apparently, she plays for three hours, ten minutes. 
I'm told. Yeah, uh, look, and it's a phenomenal it, concert. It'll and be amazing. Yeah. But it's very expensive and yeah. it's just look, it's whole supply and demand. I think it was 500,000 people in Ireland had registered for the Three Nights in Aviva at 150,000 tickets. So she needs to do a Garth Brooks. That's what she's doing. Yeah, definitely. 12 dates in Crow Park. <laughs> yeah. I kind of miss standing on Tullow Street in a queue to buy tickets from a shop. Do you know, back in the yeah. day. <sighs> Yeah, but like people got an allocation of tickets. You went, you queued up, you got them. You know, I know online makes it easier for people in, in work and stuff, but you would nearly have to take a day off to, yeah. to try and get access to tickets. But if you had a shop in Tullow Street with Taylor Swift tickets in it now, if the 40, 50 tickets, you'd have to have 24-hour security on the place. Yeah, I wouldn't be here anyway. I'd be over there trying to get two more. <laughs> you'd be in your sleeping bag outside. Yeah, it's a phenomenal thing. I mean, it's it's obviously supply and demand. When you get that big, you can afford to charge those sort of prices. But I mean, another band that's almost as big, tickets going on sale, I think, on Tuesday. Coldplay. I missed them the first time around. I'm going to kick myself now, Peter and, and Ethan, because I actually had the chance for tickets to Coldplay the last time. And I went, ah, no, you're grand. Mm. Won't bother. And then sat at home all night long on social media going, <laughs> I should have been there. Um, so my wife has insisted she's registered both her email address and my email address. But they, apparently, traditionally keep a number of tickets and they sell them after all the other tickets have sold for 20 euros a ticket. Yeah. And they say yeah. on their Instagram pages that they do so to allow people who might not be able to afford the standard ticket price. Um, I'll, I'll put this to Etna. Mm-hmm. Is that, it's obviously a good thing to do. It's a good thing to Why do. Why are yeah. they doing it? You'd like to think they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Me being this complete and utter cynic about people, I'd have to question that. But I mean, you, you can't say why there's any other reason. If they could be making big money, I mean, they're obviously doing it for the reason they're saying they're doing it is to enable fans, whether you have money or you don't have money, to be able to yeah. come and see them. Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to with various different artists. I, you, I, I think you can get a sense of whether the artist themselves is mm. actually in control of what's going on with their business mm. or whether it's management companies and record labels and everything else. And I always get the feeling from Chris Martin and the guys in Coldplay that actually if they walk into a meeting and say, no, we're yeah. keeping 5% of the tickets that we're going to sell at 20 quid, yeah. that yeah. they're making those decisions themselves. Taylor Swift is actually probably now so big that she probably doesn't even know what country she's in from one day to the next. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I would say very far removed from the ticket sales. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's just checking her bank balance. Every- well, Peter Chapclear is on the hunt. Would you- now, here's a Two question more. for you. Here's a question for you, right? I'm going to put it's you on the spot it. now. Swap exactly, you got me. You have some All-Ireland tickets. If somebody yeah. walked up to you tomorrow and said, hey, I've got two Tyler Swift tickets. I'll swap you for uh, the two tickets for uh, the Crow Park on Sunday. Would you? 100%. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd make inquiries then on Saturday, Saturday, trying to get two more tickets for Crow Park. Well, I'll keep see. an eye on the text coming <laughs> yeah. in and let you know what's happening with that one. Yeah, listen, talking about going back to the, uh, the, the, the hurling and everything that's around the celebrations, um, I was talking to Councillor David uh, during the weekend, David Fitzpatrick. Um, we, Gerald, sorry, apologies, David Fitzgerald. We were talking about uh, the homecoming. Yep. And... Uh, how it's obviously moved out to Nolan Park in recent years for health and safety yeah, reasons yeah, yeah. Um, but he's suggesting that the players feel a little bit distract, dis- disconnected disjointed and probably more importantly for homecoming that the fans do what's your own thoughts on, on that? Yeah well I suppose when, when I would have experienced the homecoming uh, it would have been held in the market yard and mm. it was fantastic it was absolutely brilliant but obviously the market yard in terms of capacity and holding the numbers it just, just wasn't safe so from health and safety perspective it just couldn't be done yeah. um, so I know the local authority Kilkenny County Council the Garda Sheikhan Kilkenny uh, County Board have all sat down and uh, I think what they have this year is, is, is very very good I mean the bus is, is leaving Kilkenny Castle um, I think it's 7 o'clock and it's making its way down 
Rose Inn Street, over John Street, uh, over the bridge, John Street, up to the Hebron and into Nolan Park. So, um, like, health and safety has to be first. And I suppose yeah. the great thing about being in Nolan Park is there will be an awful lot of young kids in there, uh, boys and girls. I mean, you go down to the market yard, you know, it, it's there's nowhere to sit. It's 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 everyone's squashed in together, and it's it's you know, it can be quite stressful for and for, even for, for young you need know, access for you know for anybody that might need wheelchair access or, 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 or things like yeah. that. So so I just Nolan Park is is the safest option. Um, and as I said to you, it's um, from the players' perspective. I mean, if if they win, they like. The, the open top bus from Kilkenny Castle up that street is just going to be amazing for them and they'll absolutely love it I'm sure the streets will be lined 10 deep either side uh, to support and cheer them uh, but it is great for particular families uh, young families that can get to Nolan Park they can have that safety there yeah. um, and have that you know the, the view and the seat or whatever and, and to get to cheer on their heroes and the other thing that we were talking about uh, when I was talking to, to David during the week was um, the actual match day itself I mean Limerick obviously have got uh, big screens up in certain places I can't remember the exact location in Limerick so people can come along they have to get tickets but it's, yeah. it's free you just register for the tickets there you go they're doing even better than Coldplay down in Limerick they're giving the tickets away <laughs> Um, do you think there's scope for future all on final days for something like that? Yeah, Maybe I think, I think it's definitely something worth exploring. It's it's not something that um, I certainly haven't had a massive demand or a representation from people saying, "Look, this is something we should do or something we should consider." Um, most, and, and I don't mean to be arrogant in this, but most Kilkenny people have the routine nearly for all on final days. So yeah. some people love going up uh, on the train, some get the bus, some love driving. They park in the same spot, they go to the same pubs. Um, <laughs> I just got this vision of somebody arriving at the Lewis stop at the Red Cow, pulling up, going. <laughs> Excuse me. That's my, <laughs> That's spot. my spot. Every <laughs> All Ireland Day, yeah. I parked there. Yeah. But it is. It, it is that kind of level of tradition. And some people, uh, like my own mother and father, they will stay at home and watch it religiously. Like they, they, they just love watching on the That's telly. The uh, other people just love listening to Brendan Hennessy, Mike Welsh, and Casey Lauren. And mm. everybody just has their own way of doing it. So uh, I think it's definitely something that could be done and should definitely be explored. Uh, I'm not sure what that would actually look like, though. I haven't, you know, okay. done a mass amount on it in terms. Yeah. Of well, we listen. We're going to take a, another short break after, which we'll be talking high heels. The Barbie movie (laughs) KCL or live With thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card The perfect gift for all occasions See fairgreen.ie Panel on KCL or live With thanks to Poe Cali Hogan Lanigan The Kenny's leading law firm See a full list of our services at PKHL Welcome back to the Friday panel Uh, We've lots to do in the next Three and a half, four minutes Uh, Get this one done and out of the way Our Positive Pets winner this morning is Max. Uh, he was the ring bearer at uh, the daughter, the daughter's wedding. So Cyril Whitford is the owner uh, of Max's owner, yeah. And he was, he was the dog bear, not the dog bear, the ring bearer. Inundated with um, with gorgeous phone calls of our, uh, and images of fluffy creatures from across yeah, Ireland. Yeah. Anyway, it was, don't forget, bearer. we've, we've no, still no. got a ton of sort of all Ireland related stuff. We got the. the Preview show was on tonight. Nice, um, black and amber breakfast. You can go along to the preview show if you, yeah. you know again, like like uh, not like call players tell us, but you don't have to get a pre-sale sale code or anything like that. You can just rock on there. Where's the preview show on again? Matt the Millers. Matt the Millers. Matt the Millers. Matt the Millers I think from eight to ten. What is my brain doing today? That's fantastic. I just pulled all of that out of my uh, ear to get that right as well. And then obviously, of course, uh, Edward Hayden tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, all Locking good. Breakfast at O'Loughlin Gales in the morning. Now, something else that, uh, for those that might not be into sports, uh, is this. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house today? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop. 
Yes, the Barbie movie. Uh, one of two massive releases this weekend. You've got the Barbie movie. And you've got Oppenheimer, the fabulous story. Uh, Killian Murphy, Irish actor, taking part in, in that movie, uh, along with many, many others, Matt Damon and more, um, about the uh, development of uh, the atomic bomb. Um, you've already admitted to being a Taylor Swift fan. Are you going to the Barbie movie as well this weekend, Chap? No, it'd be an atomic bomb if I went to the Barbie movie. <laughs> movie. Uh, no, this weekend is very much focused on uh, GA and... Oh, we've done all that. It's got that. Sort of so, yeah, I've turn Peter's mic off, right? Which <laughs> <you think? laughs> I've got a Barbie movie date this evening with my um, 11-year-old. And, yeah, we're super excited. She's like, Mom, I have something pink. Do you have something pink to wear? No, <laughs> pink is not happening for me. But we'll, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. See, and actually, grumpy. Told do you, you know, <laughs> not always. But you know what? This, I haven't looked into it a whole lot. And this morning, pulling the piece there was the first time I listened to the trailer. It actually looks really, really good. I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing it. Um, as I said, Barbie has at one point has to hang up her uh, her high heels, and she's given an option between high heels and Birkenstocks. Um, <laughs> when well, you were your dodgy Achilles, now you're going to be in the, in the Jesus yeah, creepers for a long, long exactly. time. To Exactly. Come, I've been told to hang up my high heels for the foreseeable so I have a bit of empathy there but yeah really looking forward to it love Margot Robbie think she's great and I'm really interested in this this Kennergy has come uh, Suzanne Harrington she's a journalist with the Irish Examiner she has a big piece this morning we'll be talking to her next week about it but uh, the coining the, t- the term Kennergy from the Barbie movie right, so it's okay. all about being smooth blonde smooth <laughs> abbed and, ha- and hairless yeah, so we'll be talking about that next week so I don't know how, how much Kennergy yeah. will be on display in yeah. Croke Park on Sunday the, the reality for me though as with four daughters I'm 100% going to be going to see Barbie <laughs> you absolutely are uh, and I'm actually looking forward to it because I don't mind them kind films at all yeah it? yeah but yeah, tell them a serious part. note around that I mean obviously Barbie went through a little bit of a phase of not being um, seen as being a good role model for, yeah. for young women and uh, they obviously changed brought in a more inclusive line of dolls um, yeah I think they've uh, done a lot uh, is this now I'm going to be the cynical one now is what? this the uh, capping off of the lot time to roll Barbie back out to the masses now that we've cleaned up her image um, she's still wearing high heels though cleaned up her image and uh, now time to get the marketing machine in behind it again or am I just being cynical I'll tell you on Monday I'll, I'll send you a WhatsApp when you're away on your holidays next week and let you know my thoughts how about that but yeah no look I have no idea what to expect at all but I know they have done an awful lot, uh, a lot of work to try and make Barbie move away from the you know the blonde, tall, perfectly proportioned uh, mm. body that was. But she, that's the thing; she's not exi- actually perfectly proportioned because I seen a graphic years ago yeah. that if uh, if Barbie was actually a real woman, I think they said something like she'd be something like seven foot tall and she'd have yeah. a, an eight inch waist, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and her boobs were like <laughs> and a bad back. Put joy, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and a dodgy Achilles from wearing the heels all the time. But uh, yeah. both movies are out there going head to head this weekend. It's been uh, tagged as. Barbieheimer I don't know what that means but it's a battle between those two <laughs> two very different um, some people making choices and deciding to some people deciding to go to both um, if you were to go to both it would be nearly four and a half hours of movie watching time which way around would you do it chap I'd prefer to watch the Oppenheimer but I, I know for a fact it'll be the Barbie, Barbie one going to and I'd prefer to watch Oppenheimer as well but <laughs> again it's Barbie but I absolutely love the cinema so for me to be in a movie for three hours is, that's bliss just switch off in the darkness <laughs> and I my, think have my food in my lap don't anybody speak to me if you're going to go and do both as I heard Suddy say this morning I'd suggest probably do Oppenheimer and then Barbie because Oppenheimer might be a bit of a come down um, after all the saccharine nature of the pinkness and the Barbie movie <laughs> um, listen it's been a pleasure our Friday panellists 
today, Peter Chap Clear and Ethnic Quirky Quirk. Um, thank you both for coming into the studio. Uh, I'm off for a couple of weeks, uh, relaxing, enjoying myself. Not going anywhere, saving the world and everything else by not jumping on a plane. Um, but just enjoying uh, my time off. Whatever you've got planned for the weekend, enjoy it. John Keane is up um, after this short break. I can't go anywhere, though. I did promise I would do this. Uh, time to play just a little bit of the Rose Moon coin. Um, I'd be okay being 10 seconds late to the news. I'd like to play a little bit of the Rose Moon coin. Good luck to Kilkenny the weekend. Um, good luck to everybody heading up to Crow Park. Enjoy the match. Come hail, rain or shine. Um, and enjoy this piece of music. Take care. John Keane will be up and coming your way after the news at 12. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie